The Orange County Department of Economic Development, headed by Director Stephen Gross, held its second annual economic summit at Orange County Community College's Middletown campus on Friday. Here is a portion of the event. Director Gross is the first speaker. Orange County held its first economic summit last year, focused on the importance of infrastructure and resources and their critical role in creating and sustaining an economic prosperity for our county. We spoke of many topics from energy to utilities and transportation uh, to water at our county's prime location in the Northeast. Our collective work on this very important topic continues as we work to build our infrastructure so we can remain competitive. Thank you all again for taking the time out of your busy schedules to be here today as we come to celebrate the remarkable growth in tourism, hospitality, and the film production industries, which have undeniably become catalysts for economic prosperity, cultural development, and social growth right here in our county. We are excited to hear about our keynote speakers today about these exciting topics. But before I go any further, I'd like to recognize some of our elected officials and county leaders we have in the audience today, starting with our county executive, Steve Newhouse. I think the county exec's here somewhere. Thanks, county exec. You know, under the county exec's administration, Orange County has experienced an economic renaissance. And when we talk about uh, economic development, there's not a stronger fighter for jobs and economic expansion than our county executive, Steve Newhouse. Again, Steve, if you're here, please stand. Hard to see out there. I know you're here somewhere, so we'll get you later. Uh, as, a, as a lifelong resident of Orange County who has uh, worked in county government for uh, roughly 28 years, I've never seen such a strong and healthy relationship between the executive and legislative branches. Our county legislators work together with the county executive uh, to support and advance economic development initiatives that benefit all the residents of Orange County, and for that we should all be very proud. We have many legislators here today, and as I say your name, please stand. Uh, starting with Chairwoman Katie Benelli. Katie? Thank you. Uh, Legislator Genesis Ramos. Thank you. Legislator Mike Paduk. Thank you. Legislator Rob Sassy. Legislator Joe Minuto, who heads up the Education and Economic Development Committee. And could also be a twin for Tony Stark if you ever watched Iron Man. Uh, District Attorney Dave Hoover, Sheriff Paul Arteta, and County Clerk Kelly Eskew are all here as well. So thank you all for attending. And we work very closely with our state representatives in Orange County. Uh, state Senator Rob Rollison, please stand. Uh, Assemblyman Brian Marr, please stand. And I believe Carl Brabernick is on his way as well. Thank you, everybody. And we have great partners in local government as well. The great city of Middletown Mayor Joe DiStefano is here. Joe? Thank you, Mayor. And we have town supervisors from many communities across the county, starting with Tony Cardone from the town of Monroe. Tony? Walk Hills' George Serrano. Denise Quinn from the town of Wewanda. Village of Goshen, Mayor Molly O'Donnell. And Mayor Tom DeVinco from Washingtonville. Thank you all. Appreciate it. And a very big thank you to the many other public officials, town board members, plan planning, zoning board members, and other community servants that are here today. And I'd also like to recognize Tim Wiedemann from Congressman Pat Ryan's office for being here. 
Orange County is very fortunate to have had past county leaders who understand the importance of economic development and uh, planning for the future of our county. We're honored to have former county executive Ed Diana here. Ed Diana, please stand. Thank you, county exec and for all you've done for our county. And I'd be remiss if I did not mention Orange County's premier economic development team. It's a team comprised of professionals who eat, sleep, breathe, and live economic and business development. Today I want to recognize your Orange County economic development team, starting with Maureen Hallahan. Maureen is the president and CEO of the Orange County Partnership for 22 plus years. As president and CEO, Maureen is Orange County's longest serving economic development professional and is the visionary behind one of the strongest organizations in the Hudson Valley and New York State. Bill Fioravanti, the executive director of the Orange County IDA. Bill continues to work to transform and regain the credibility of Orange County's IDA and board, which continues to provide a very important economic incentives that make projects happen in our county. Thank you, Bill. And Amanda Dana, uh, what can I say about Amanda? Amanda's worked tirelessly uh, day and night to help build our tourism and film office and take it to a new level. Uh, I also want to thank and take this opportunity to thank Amanda and her team for the hard work uh, helping to put this program together today. Thanks, Amanda. <laughs> Heather Bell, our president of our Chamber of Commerce, right up front here. Heather continues to breathe new energy and life into the Chamber of Commerce and makes it a valuable and respected partner for the business community. Thank you, Heather. And last but not least, Connor Eckerd. Connor uh, works with the partnership. He's the Vice President of Business Attraction. Connor holds a wealth of information, a great young man and a rising star in our county. Keep your eye on this guy. Thanks, Connor. And we also have Linda Malavi from New York State Empire State Development. Thanks for being here, Linda. Appreciate your support as well. You will see this team throughout the day today. Working alongside this dedicated group of professionals has been an honor and a privilege personally. Many thanks to all of you. And you know, over the past decade, we have witnessed unprecedented surge in tourism in Orange County with visitors flocking to Orange County from far and wide to experience our rich cultural heritage, breathtaking landscapes, and our warm hospitality. This influx of tourists has brought about a myriad of economic benefits that ripple through our community, creating jobs, stimulating local business, and boosting our overall economy. Since we met last year, Orange County has continued to grow at a very strong pace. Companies continue to locate, invest, and expand in Orange County, New York. Here in Orange County, we are proud to have companies like Tesla, Amazon, Mediacom, Medline, Polycraft, Merlin Corporation, Umbra Studios, McKesson, Royal Wine, the Simon Group, the list goes on and on, ladies and gentlemen. Businesses that continue to create jobs, be responsible corporate neighbors, and invest in our county's economic future. Leadership and vision, it's at the core of every vibrant community. And Orange County has experienced significant economic expansion over the past 10 years. And much of that success is due to the fact that we have a U.S. Navy commander at the helm of county government. County Executive Steve Newhouse has personally made economic development a daily top priority of his administration, and the results are in. Positive job creation and more employment opportunities, the expansion of the property and sales tax bases, more opportunities for entrepreneurship, and an enhanced quality of life with additional recreational, cultural, and leisure opportunities for our citizens and families to enjoy in our county. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce to you our County Executive, Steve Newhouse.
morning, everybody. Got up about 4.30 this morning. I just came back from a county uh, uh, executives conference. So, uh, but it was, it was actually phenomenal. And I have to tell you, we have 62 counties in New York State. This story is not the same story in every other county. Uh, many of them are having significant challenges. Many of them are dealing with all sorts of budgetary and economic uh, impacts. Uh, we have a great story to tell here, and we're going to expand on it. The one thing I want to first and uh, foremost start off with, if you work for, with me in county government, I don't care what your job is in the county government, if you work in county government, please stand up. Everybody that works for county government. So take a, take a, look, take a look around, um, and you guys can have a seat now. If somebody next to you works for county government, I don't care what they do, and you have a problem with your business or you have a question, ask them. We are here to help you. Um, we have a number of great opportunities in the county, and one of the biggest philosophies that I like to follow is it's who you know, right? Forbes magazine says 85% of any job you will get is who you know. Who's going to get you in that door? Thousand people are applying for the same job. Who's going to get you that interview? Who's going to get you that date with that girl you want to be with or the guy you want to be with or whatever? It's all about relationships. But some of you are probably having challenges maybe with your work or, hey, I'd like to get just, I need 10 minutes in front of this, this company or this individual, this film pr production studio. Give me 10 minutes to pitch my, what I'm doing here. Ask our people because we will make it happen. We have, uh, we're going to be talking about all sorts of great opportunities in the county right now. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've spent a lot of my time with the film industry. You're going to talk uh, and you're going to hear from Summer and Tony from Umbra Stage Studios. Or I, I think I got it all. Did I get it correct, Tony? <laughs> Close, yeah. And I got to tell you, it is incredibly, incredibly exciting. It is incredibly sexy, okay? When you go to these studios, I just did an interview out in the hallway. It is unbelievable, and it's just transformational. They are taking what used to be a warehouse, or as you guys know, Anthony's Pier 9, the latest one. We used to be a major dining hall. Most of you guys are like me. You ate there four days a week. Eddie Diana uh, still has nightmares over to having the same meal. Um, but... They are transforming that building into sound stages, and it is uh, absolutely amazing. One of the things I think we can do, whether it's the chamber, uh, the partnership, or my, my, my friend Steve Gross, is to arrange tours to see this. You have to see it firsthand. Um, I have four little kids, and, and on many occasions I bring them to work with me. And uh, it is, I brought my daughters to see the film studio. It just opened, their, it's amazing. Other people I've rolled through with this, and you see the amount of people, hundreds of people working in this industry in Orange County. This is not the same story across New York State. It's a great opportunity that we have seized on and we gotta continue to grow on. About two weeks ago, I asked uh, Summer and Tony in particular, I said, you know, how, how far booked are you out for the film studios in Orange County? You know, are you like a couple months out? They are booked solid through next year. We have opportunities with major film industries. They've filmed here already, and we have more that want to come back. I'm talking Apple. I'm talking Disney. I'm talking Paramount. The list goes on. What do we need? We need more film studio space, right? 
So as recently as the last couple of weeks, we've been placing them, again, going back to the um, magazine, 85% of relationships, in front of people that have actually inventory in Orange County right now available for their needs. And these are the type of things that we need to do in county government. We're not going to create jobs, but we can definitely foster an environment that helps people. Let's move over to, to Legoland because not only are they going to do a major expansion, they're going to be a discussion. Woodbury Commons, another major uh, place in Orange County that is here and expanding, as well as all our main streets. But let's just talk about Legoland. You want to talk about really helping people? They're employing about 100 plus people from Middletown. My friend Mayor Joe is here. Over 120 or 30 people from the city of Newburgh. Now, people talk about things like, well, we should do something. Hopefully somebody comes in and do something. These places are actually doing it. They're also roping in education as a part of a benefit for working there. There's nothing more important than continuing to improve on your skills. And education is a critical factor with that. While we're talking about education, though we have obviously Christine Young here at, at SUNY Orange who's doing a phenomenal job in our board here. It's just incredible. Turn this place. It's just making it better and better. Many of you, like me, have, have taken classes here in the past. But we also have other industries, other educational partners, like Orange Ulster Boses, which is now going to start um, a, a, uh, offering sorry, a, um, a uh, film type of uh, classes for young students so it can marry them right into those industries. I, I mentioned a little bit about Woodbury Common. They're going to do a major expansion. They, they employ between four and 5,000 uh, people a year in Orange County government, I mean, in Orange County and, and the surrounding region. They're going to, they're now before the Woodbury Planning Board to do another major expansion. Uh, why does this all matter to me and why should it all matter to Orange County residents? Because of balancing the budget. I'm going to be introducing my budget in the next couple weeks, right? Two weeks, I think, from Wednesday, or I can't keep track because, again, I got up at four in the morning. However, um, I'm going to be introducing another budget that I'm going to be proposing to the legislature, who are my partners in county government. And we have the lowest taxes since the 60s. We think it even goes further back, but the records don't exist. Kelly wasn't around. She keeps records to whatever. I don't even think you were born yet. Um, but that is the result. So why is it balanced like that? Because you really have to pay the bills. When I run 911 with my county partners, when I do DPW with my county legislators and my partners and all the people in county government and the 38 different departments that we have, we need money to make that train to roll, right? And it's either going to come from property taxes or sales tax. The sales tax is really the biggest chunk of what I use in the legislature to balance the budget to make sure the county is providing those services for you. And the way we do that is by having uh, attractions come here, tourism, uh, entertainment. When the people work in the film industry, they're spending money. When people come to visit some of these major attractions or events that we have in the county, they're spending money. That's why it all matters. Uh, we have a great agenda for you today. I'm going to shut up in about one minute. Um, I was told, even though this is kind of my sh partially my show, um, we have, a great, um, we, have, we have a great presentation that we're going to have. We have great panelists. We have a great um, thing that we're going to roll out as far as attracting and just uh, highlighting some of our, our great things in the county. I ask you to stay as long as you can today, if you hopefully stay for the whole, because at the end of this, we're going to have another great, I can't talk about it, right? Gross, where are you? 
I'm not going to mention it. No, but we, we, we definitely have an event after this that I think you should be at. It's at an establishment in a county very close to us, and it features things that I love, and most of you guys know what I love. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I went I, I went there about two weeks ago for a Navy promotional party, and I, it blew me away. And I'm so, um, uh, I'm so uh, grateful and, th and, and happy and uh, enthusiastic when I go to see some of these wonderful projects that you guys have dreamed and put into reality. The last thing I'm going to touch on, uh, because this is so exciting, we're, we're in such a great spot. When you turn on the TV most of the time in the news, you talk about what's wrong with this country. We're, the uh, outlook, not so good. Everything's going wrong. Uh, nobody can get along. It's just nothing but negativity and negativity and negativity. I will tell you, on my other life, besides traveling this country with the, like the county's ex now and traveling the world with the military, there is no better place on earth and no better place with more opportunity than this country. And you should be super proud. I'm, I am telling you, we got, we got a lot of work to do. Everybody needs improvement. I constantly need improvement. I, I const I'm constantly re reflecting and trying to change and improve myself and make corrections. I make mistakes. But there is no place better uh, than this country. I want you guys to be proud. I want you to be enthusiastic. Ask questions. When we're done with this summit today, we, have, we, we ask people for their comments. Not only like what you saw today, but what you see today is the reflection of last year, what you wanted to see. More entertainment. Talk, let's talk about the tourism industry. If there's an industry that you want us to cover at a future summit or a, a chamber breakfast or a partnership meeting, let us know. And I will tell you, when Steve Gross highlighted Maureen Hallahan, uh, Amanda Dana, uh, Bill Fioravanti, Heather Bell, obviously Steve Gross and some of my senior staff, and uh, Steve Knob from employment and training, we always talk every month about really the critical part of our nucleus is helping people get a job. Helping people get a job, whether they come to work for county government or they're getting plugged into one of the major industries in our county. So we have a great opportunity. We have a great day ahead of us. I hope to see you guys later on at the secret event. But um, thank you so much for being here today. Okay. Thanks, County Executive. As you can see, we don't have the average County Executive in Orange County. This guy's got it all, and you know, if you spend enough time with him, he will talk to you about the movie industry. Something will pop up. A favorite quote from a movie, a song, something. So, really near and dear to his heart. Uh, you know, Orange County is strong, vibrant, and ready to do business, and people have taken notice as we are now one of the fastest growing counties in New York State if not the fastest. We have a prime strategic location in the Northeast with great transportation networks, including Stewart International Airport, 300 state highways, Coach USA bus service, and passenger and freight rail systems, all within a one hour commute to the New York City metro area. Our quality of life is incredible. We have preserved open spaces with new additions like Sugarloaf Mountain being preserved and being made available for public use. Parks have been expanded, like the Heritage Trail, which runs from Middletown to Harriman, spurring economic activity along the way, and soon to have another additional uh, section, which is being planned from Scunny Monk Trail in the town of Chester to Cornwall. 
Legoland New York has been a tremendous neighbor in our county, as the county executive said. It brings in millions in economic activity and provides employment to over 1,000 Orange County residents. A new spray park was opened earlier this summer, and plans are in the works for annual enhancements to the park, including new and exciting family rides and entertainment. The arts, cultural, and historical opportunities are abundant, with places like the United States Military Academy at West Point, Washington's headquarters in Newburgh, and the National Purple Heart Hall of Honor in New Windsor. Storm King Arts Center this year received an $8 million uh, grant from the state of New York for a new welcome center and renovations. And the internationally renowned Shen Yun has its training headquartered right here in Orange County, and we are also the home of the Faitian College in Middletown, which has accredited programs in the fine arts. We are rich with recreational opportunities like the Castle in Chester, run by the Lahentius family, a great local business with miniature golf, batting cages, zip lines, and more enhancements on the way. The reimagined Galleria at Crystal Run with entertainment and shopping, and Resorts World in Newburgh recently opened, which has been a tremendous success since opening this year. And new family attractions are roaring to life in our county. Anybody guess? <laughs> Stay tuned for the new dinosaur theme park coming to the Montgomery area. Orange County is quickly becoming the destination when it comes to the Hudson Valley and beyond when you think about family fun and entertainment. And we have great lodging and event locations here in Orange County as well, like Hotel Thayer, which recently won a, a very unique award from the bridal magazine, The Knot. And we have boutique hotels and bed and breakfast found throughout the county and more on the way, such as the Front Hotel in Port Jervis, presently under construction. And yes, there's shopping at Woodbury Common and in our great downtowns and our villages that are also thriving and doing well. If dining and libations are your thing, we have Brotherhood Winery, the oldest winery in America, City Winery, and Angry Orchards in Montgomery. 31 craft breweries and distilleries. Our newest brewery being Aspire in the town of Wallkill, which we'll get to a little bit later, and it might be what the county exec was talking about. <laughs> Great local restaurants and culinary delicacies can be found throughout our county. Ladies and gentlemen, the secret is out. We have it all in Orange County. It's right here. Come visit Orange County, New York. That's why, with the help of Focus Media, we put together a very new, exciting promotional video to showcase Orange County as the place to turbocharge your business. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to bring to you our new video for the very first time. Orange County in New York. I'm Steve Newhouse, County Executive of Orange County in the beautiful Hudson River Valley. There's no wonder why Orange is one of the fastest growing counties in New York State. We're more than just so an we raise the volume a little. to propel your company to new levels of greatness. And we're more than a special place with great history, shopping, entertainment, and quality of life. Orange County is also a place to turbocharge your business. We're a county of strivers and builders who have powered potential into energetic success. Companies of all sizes, from small businesses to global corporations, have made Orange County's culture of possibility. Those companies are growing and flourishing here, and yours can too. Orange County is the place to be. We're just 60 minutes north of New York City. With our three interstate highways, an international airport, and a robust rail network, we're a hub for tourism and trade. And we're right in the center of 18% of the nation's population. Orange County has the infrastructure you need to succeed. 
shovel-ready land is available, as are industrial, commercial, and office properties. Plus, our manufacturing and distribution networks are at your service. Our network of colleges and universities provide customizable and accredited training and a job pool ready, willing, and able to thrive. This educated, talented workforce is on standby to help you achieve bigger, better, and greater wins. Orange County's long tradition of agriculture continues to be a vital hub of our economy. We're home to dozens of agritourism destinations such as craft breweries, world-renowned food production operations, and farm-to-table restaurants. We prize innovation, collaboration, and bold strategies to capture success. Some of New York's biggest attractions are right here in Orange County. They include the United States Military Academy at West Point, Storm King Art Center, Legoland New York, and of course, right here, Woodbury Common Premium Outlets. We also have wonderful places to dine on the shores of the Hudson River, wineries, great recreation options, gorgeous mountains, and endless opportunities to really have fun. For an entrepreneur like me, Orange County provided a terrific setting for my spirits business to take off. This community cultivates success, and the people around here really care about each other. That's one reason why Orange County is such a special place to live. Hollywood knows Orange County is lucrative. This is where the Oscars, the Academy Award statues, are manufactured. And Orange County's beauty, as well as our diverse city, suburban, and rural settings, have made us a go-to location for filming movies, TV shows, and videos. Orange County's Office of Economic Development will be right at your side. We advance the health, prosperity, and economic welfare of county residents by helping create and retain jobs. We'll guide you to financial resources and we'll support your site selection and employment training. Invest in your company by investing in Orange County. We have the energy, vision, and resources to fuel your business's future. Come do business in Orange County. Come live in Orange County. Come thrive in Orange County. Come grow with us in Orange County. Come have fun in Orange County. Work where you want to live. Come to Orange County, New York. We are open for business. All right, thank you. There you have it, everybody. And a special thank you to our local talent that uh, are going to now be extras in our show here. So appreciate all your your help there. And, you know, as we were mentioning, we're going to use this video to really promote our county, uh, to show people uh, through images and uh, great testimonials why we are the best county in the state of New York to locate your business and uh, come vacation and have fun with us here. Um, so as we move forward, tourism has become a major cornerstone of our region's success fueling growth in various economic sectors from hospitality to retail to entertainments and the arts. And as more and more tourists visit our beautiful county, they invest in our local businesses, contributing to the livelihoods of our relatives, friends, and neighbors. By hosting events, festivals, and attractions, we not only showcase our unique identity, but also strengthen the bonds that bind us together as a community. As a matter of fact, the Moon Festival is this weekend in Deer Park. The Renaissance Fair is currently ongoing in Sterling Forest, and Warwick's Apple Fest is just around the corner. But our prosperity doesn't end there. The film industry has also taken notice of Orange County's picturesque landscapes, charming towns, and proximity to the New York City metro area, making our county an attractive location for various productions. 
The presence of filmmakers in our community fosters a sense of pride and excitement, highlighting the potential of our region as a backdrop for artistic expression. Our unique landscapes, as our unique landscapes grace the silver screen, our identity becomes immortalized, drawing more attention to Orange County, igniting curiosity, and bringing more potential visitors and investors to our county. Beyond the economic benefits of tourism and the film industry, we have also played a pivotal role in the social growth of our community, as do our higher education facilities. We are again holding the Economic Summit right here at SUNY Orange because education and economic development go hand in hand. SUNY Orange is preparing many of our county's future leaders and business community leaders with a fantastic education that is affordable and close to home. In fact, many of the people in the audience today started their education right here at SUNY Orange. Quick show of hands, if you took classes or attended uh, classes at SUNY Orange, raise your hands. There, that's the, there you go, everybody, that's the testimonial. Fantastic, we have many SUNY Orange faculty and students here today, uh, including my son, Ryan Gross, who's a sophomore at SUNY Orange. I think he's in class right now, but I'm sure he'll be back. Is he? Oh, there you go, I oh, won't we'll embarrass him, thanks boss. I want to thank everyone from the college for attending the Economic Summit. We hope you gained some valuable information about your community today. And a very big thank you to SUNY Orange President Dr. Christine Young for collaborating with us and allowing us to show off our great community college and all it has to offer. Dr. Young has been president of SUNY Orange since 2015. She serves as the president of the New York Community College Association of Presidents and recently completed a three-year term as board member of the American Association of Community Colleges, which is the national organization for more than 1,000 community colleges in the United States. Regionally, Dr. Young has been a member of the Mid-Hudson Regional Economic Development Council since 2018 when she became co-chair of that council. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure at this time to introduce your SUNY Orange president, Dr. Christine Young. Hey, good morning, everyone. No, Steve, congratulations uh, to you for organizing uh, this summit. Uh, this, this theater looks really, really good full, so congratulations to you for, for organizing the summit, and uh, congratulations uh, to our county executive, Steve Newhouse. Are you kidding me to talk about a county uh, that is thriving uh, uh, with such a, an economy on fire? You got all these people in this room celebrating economy and want to do more, so congratulations to to this county. Uh, whoo! That's a good morning uh, to, to, to be here, uh, and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to thank uh, the team at SUNY Orange, uh, right? Like always making us look good, like look at the stage, look at the grounds, look at this theater. Uh, so to our security team, our facilities team, our IT team, and especially to the theater team, thank you for, for making us look good uh, this, this morning, always. Uh, not only this morning, but, but always. Uh, so uh, I welcome you uh, all uh, to the, the William and Helen Richards Theater. I welcome you to Orange Hall. I welcome you to our Middletown campus. And I always welcome you to Orange County Community College. Uh, not only is this theater full, but our classes are full uh, this fall. Yeah? I got to tell you that while well, I got a captive audience, right? Like this is like a record-breaking uh, fall for us in terms of uh, a surge in enrollment, right? Our fall-to-fall -fall enrollment is like way the heck up. Uh, so uh, I want to recognize and thank, like that's it. If you ask like young, 
Why? Why did that happen? It's not one thing. It's many, many things. It's that same team of people and so many believers in working on that. I uh, would like to recognize our board of trustees who threw down the gauntlet and said, let's work on that too. We got a board of trustees that rolls up their sleeves and they're in on it too. Uh, our board chair, Ralph Martusi Jr. is here today. I'd like to recognize his leadership in, in, in that. Uh, absolutely. And, I, and Maria Bruni is here today on our board of trustees. Lost track of Maria, but she is in the audience here today. Maria Bruni, a trustee as well. And, uh, and that is the belief in that too. Uh, we report uh, through the legislative branch of Orange County government. Uh, boy, do they support us. Uh, please know that the County of Orange supports its community college way beyond uh, other sponsors in the state of New York. So the other community colleges in the state of New York are probably jealous of us. So I would like to recognize uh, you know, all of the Orange County legislature, but especially the leadership of uh, the chair, uh, Katie Benelli, and uh, we report through the Economic and uh, Education and Economic Development Committee, um, uh, Joe Menuda, both of you. Thank you very much for your belief and support uh, as well. Uh, today. Uh, so never give an academic a podium. Steve Gross, beg your pardon. Three things. Three things while I'm here. Uh, you're talking about film, tourism, motion pictures today. Let me tell you three things. Uh, enrollment is up. Yeah, but when someone like me talks about enrollment, right, you got you to know the inside baseball part, right? That's always credit. Like, you know, when you got your associate degree, when you got your baccalaureate degree, you were on your way to a degree, right? Those were credits. Um, you sitting here in the audience today doing your thing, you might be thinking about your workforce. You might want them to have, like, training, right? Like a short-term, like, kind of, like, skills enhancement. That might not be credit, right? When we say enrollment is up, we might not be talking about that because people don't measure that in the same way. However, yet and still... Uh, that's like a third of our strategic plan at the college. That's something we're very interested in doing, uh, um, uh, but with, in conjunction with uh, all you good people in Orange County. So uh, recently we had the opportunity to restructure our executive leadership at the college, and I want to take this opportunity to tell you, now employed for two and a half hours... <laughs> is a brand new vice president at the college. His title is vice president for workforce, strategy, and innovation. Uh, I am so proud to introduce to the audience today my brand new colleague in the third row, if he would stand up, please, Dr. Jean Leandre. So, uh, empowering workforce, strategy, and innovation, uh, and for some of the things we'll be discussing today, uh, he will be your, your high-level leadership hookup uh, at, at the college. So, uh, so new, no business card, just find him uh, 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 today. Two, last year I stood at this very podium, uh, like uh, this county, uh, doing so much with hospitality, food, <laughs> beverage, uh, something that we were working on, and it was forward-looking. It is happening, Orange County food tech. It is happening. It is all, it is, thank, thank you. Right? Now I can stand here in front of you and say, hey, have you been to uh, uh, Bethel Woods? Have you been to a, a culinary, oh, didn't write down the name of it, but you have maybe had plated food from a, from a celebrity chef. That was us. 
uh, partnering with Rubco students. Uh, there is a caterer that works with the motion picture industry in this community. Uh, if they're serving food safely, that might be because of us. That's food tech, that's us, that's working. Uh, that's something we're doing. He was there before. Is Jack Sepulveda, is he still in the audience? Uh, I just wanted to recognize that that is up and running. That's something that the college is doing for this audience here today. The third thing, uh, I am proud to stand at the podium today, and I'm so glad our friends at uh, Orange uh, Ulster Boses uh, is following this vibe, too. Us at the college today, too, are also proud to announce uh, our friends Summer and Tony. Uh, my gosh, you, you folks are incredible uh, with your below-the-line boot camp. Uh, my gosh, you're amazing. Uh, and we are so proud today at, at the college uh, to, to start a partnership with you, uh, learn from you, and extend your work into our world and amplify that and, and serve this sector. Uh, and so proud to announce and share today that we'll be working with you and finding ways to extend that work even further with you uh, in cooperation with you uh, in this industry. Uh, and. Uh, Hooray. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we will do that as well. So um, uh, we welcome you to the campus. And I guess you got an invitation that's better than the one I was going to give you. But before you go party after this, uh, please walk the grounds of our campus, uh, open up the doors, see what's inside the buildings, but at least uh, roam our beautiful grounds. It's your campus. It's your public college. Um, and uh, you're always welcome at Orange County Community College. And, and uh, enjoy the day. Congratulations, Steve. Thank you, Dr. Young. As you can see, we have one of the best community colleges in the state of New York, and Dr. Young's leadership is part of that reason. Thank you. I also want to recognize Jack Seplavada, who's here today from SUNY Orange's new food tech program, uh, which created a great resources uh, to ready and help steady the hospitality and food service industry. So, Jack, thanks for being here. And some of our partners in county government are here as well. Deputy County Executive Harry Poor, please stand. Assistance to the County Executive Mary Pat Smith and Justin Rodriguez. <laughs> County Attorney Rick Golden. Nicole Anderson, our Director of Community Development. <laughs> Kerry Gallagher, the County Finance Commissioner. Deb Slazinski, County Budget Director. Eric Denega, our DPW Commissioner. Anaudi Esposito, our Executive Director of Human Rights. Johanna Poor, our county historian, and Paul Wiley, our director of real property. Thank you all for being here. Additionally, I'd like to recognize Todd Hewlett from the Orange County Arts Council, an organization. Thank you. The Orange County Arts Council is an organization that is doing great work to support the growth of arts and culture in Orange County. The Arts Council continues to support growth in all the important economic sectors being spoken about today. Thank you, Todd. And many thanks to the panelists who are taking time out of their busy schedules to share their professional experience with you all today. We're going to have two panels. When the first session ends, 
We will have roughly a 15-minute break before starting the second session. We have a very busy, tight program scheduled for you today, so unfortunately, we will not be able to take questions. However, if you do have questions, please feel free to email, call me, uh, send us a message. We'll be happy to get back to you. We'll be happy to send that uh, message to one of our panelists if you have a question for them as well. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to now introduce my friend and colleague and mentor, Maureen Hallahan from the Orange County Partnership. Thank you, Maureen. Oops, sorry. They call you a mentor when you're old. That's what they do. You don't even have to be good. You just have to be around long enough. <laughs> and good morning, everybody. Um, before I start, wasn't that video uh, produced by Focus Media absolutely impressive? That was a great job, Josh Summers and Focus Media. <clears throat> and Steve Gross. I know that this is like the big warm hug, you know, we're all always just, but that man has carried this summit on his back. He's so gracious to put up committee members, and we all do work and intertwine and add, but he has really carried this on his back, and you are, a, it's a privilege for me to work with you, really. Thank you, Steve. Good job. <clears throat> You know, there's very few counties uh, in the state of New York that operate as we do. Uh, our county executive mentioned that earlier. I want to tell you, in economic development, that's a big title. And under that, you know, there's business attraction and business retention and tourism and incentive um, um, opportunities, workforce development and small business support. Our team of economic development professionals, we truly do work hand in hand. I travel the state of New York. I'm also on the Regional Economic Development Council with our chairman, Chris Young. And uh, there's a lot of counties that don't operate this way. So I'm very proud and privileged to work with a team that really rose in the same direction. And the only way that we can sustain our economy is through economic development, which includes increasing tax rateables from companies coming in and creating job creation. Our county executive, Steve Newhouse, uh, prioritizes our work um, and continues to inspire our entire team. So thank you so much, Steve. It's great to work with you. So there's a lot of moving parts in, uh, in uh, attraction projects. And I remember the first time I met Josiah Brown. Uh, it was at a public hearing for the Legoland project in the town of Goshen. Do you remember all those, you know, those signs, stop Legoland? People in the community didn't understand the project. Uh, a big part of economic development is also education. We have to educate people about the value, and we also have to give people the time and the opportunity to speak, you know, and to, to address, you know, their concerns to, uh, to the boards, the various permitting boards. So I remember um, these, are, these public hearings that are held in these towns, they're for all of the projects, and when you're in this business for a while, you, you know, you've seen a lot of sites. There are people that might key your car, perhaps, or possibly spit at you. Um, it's happened, and we're all on both sides of it, right? So, so there's a lot of emotion out there. So I'm sitting in Goshen, New York at a public hearing. A lot of people in the room in favor of the project didn't know exactly who in the room was not in favor of the project. And, um, and when Josiah Brown entered the public hearing for Legoland in the town of Goshen, I didn't know him. And I wasn't sure if he was going to be supportive. 
<laughs> when he was called to the podium, you know, this, this burly, bearded guy, the first thing I thought about, I said, okay, here we go. You know, <laughs> and I will tell you, Josiah spoke, and you could hear a pin drop in the room. And the reason was, he spoke of the overall value that tourism and the hospitality industry uh, creates, at, you know, in, in, for our economy. That's what he did. He spoke about the numbers, and he really brought it home for us. Josiah is not only brilliant, but he is inclusive. He listens. He is an influencer, and it's all based in the factual information that he gathers, and it is a privilege to have him with us here this morning. Josiah Brown is the former chair of the New York State Tourism Industry Association. He is a, um, a destination management and marketing expert and a frequent speaker in the tourism industry. Josiah, known as the New York Sherpa, as he is called in the New York tourism, in New York tourism industry, has logged almost 800,000 driving miles throughout New York and 46 other states across the country. This man is an expert in his industry. Josiah is the founder of the New York's best uh, experience brand, a statewide travel brand and travel guide, which inspires and attracts first-time visitors to New York State. His, his life um, um, goal is to always be inspiring people, for, inspiring people forward. This guy is the real deal, and we are so privileged to have him. Josiah, can you come on up and address the audience? I think I'm going to take you everywhere with me. That was, wow. Got to live up to that. I'm going to just steal a mic from the other side. Check, check. This is, um, when I say it's wonderful to be here, I cannot underscore that enough because a little over 20 years ago, I sat right up in that corner at the new student orientation. And this morning, I was able to just drift away from breakfast and go take a picture of room 109 where I took speaking 101. <laughs> Ninety-three credits. Uh, Ninety-three credits I did here, and I'll never forget on this stage. Does anybody remember Dr. David Rule? Um, he used to come to that new student orientation, and he would give us all a perfect four-o. And he he was like Oprah before Oprah. You get a four-o. You get a four-o. You get a four-o. And then he said, "Now what are you going to do with it?" I kept mine for three semesters. And then in that fourth semester, somehow I decided 19 credits was okay to take in your fourth semester. So I did not, uh, I did not keep my 4-0. But uh, it is an incredible pleasure to be back here. I promised many of my professors that I would teach here one day. So maybe I get to check that box here. Um, I have spent my entire career in the visitor economy. I went from this institution to an internship. And that led my whole career forward to this point, 11 years ago starting my own company. And what the essence of what I did, have done for the last 20 years, and it's changing a little bit, but the essence of what I've done is changing what people think when I say this. <laughs> I speak all over the country and I say I'm from New York, and of course what they think when I say that is one of the 46 mountains over 4,000 feet in the Adirondacks, right? 
or the third largest wine region in America in the Finger Lakes, the home of the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, the Thousand Islands where castles rise out of the sky, or the oldest sports venue in the country, which is the Saratoga Racetrack. Um, we have the Culinary Institute of America. We have the densest population of historic sites anywhere in the country in the Hudson Valley. We have some of the top-rated beaches in America on Long Island. We hosted two Olympics right there in Lake Placid. We have a wonder of the world with Niagara Falls. But the real important stuff is right here. <laughs> That's the real important stuff. The third and largest Legoland resort in the country. America's oldest winery. And that place where George Washington said to his troops, go take the west point of the river right there and hold that ground. And did we ever hold that ground? And then where I live in the Catskill Mountains um, of New York, which was uh, a journey for my wife and I to return to where her family raises uh, horses in the Catskills and continue on that legacy. So... For several years now, I've been speaking on destination marketing and the evolution into destination stewardship and really how we got here. How did that happen? And it really comes back to the same problem. The challenges that New York faced in tourism were because they didn't understand the full width and breadth of what this state had to offer. Well, in destination marketing and stewardship, we are going through a radical generational shift right now. And that radical shift is something that is an incredible opportunity. And if we don't understand it correctly and why the shift is happening, it will end up being a challenge. So I don't know why that slide is so far in, but uh, here's all of my uh, resume here. Um, I do sit on the International Destinations International Advocacy Committee, uh, which I'm very proud to do. So what is this generational shift that's going on? When I was about eight years old, I was helping my grandfather tear down a dilapidated shed in Pine Island. And as I'm pulling down the boards of this dilapidated shed so he could put a new one there, he's coming over and as you know, what, do you, what job do you give an eight-year-old boy, right? Take the hammer and pull the nails out of the boards. So I'm pulling the nails out of the boards and he's grabbing them and he's dropping them in a little blue Maxwell House coffee can. Rusted, bent, broken. It didn't make sense to me because he had cans of nails everywhere. And I remember asking my father, why was, why was grandpa doing that? Why was grandpa saving those nails? And without skipping a beat, my father said, oh, well, he was a product of the Great Depression. And somehow, even at eight years old, I understood exactly what that meant. See, we gave an entire generation who had lived through an era they had lived through an era that changed their habits and it changed the way they thought. And never did we mock them for that behavior. We said they went through something and it changed how they thought and it changed how they acted. Well, I'm a millennial. Okay, thank you, yeah. How do I know I'm a millennial? Because I took a Facebook quiz. <laughs> And it said I was 70% millennial. So I said, okay. All right. Later, I found out they were using that information to market campaigns to me. But um, our generation went through some stuff. We, I remember exactly where I was standing. I was 16 years old. I was working new home construction on the day in September when the world stopped turning. 
Not only did fear and terror and war come into my lexicon for the first time, but so did trauma to some degree. See, there was a mantra that had been taught in my generation that you go, do as well as you can in high school. Good idea. Go as far as you can in college. Good idea. And then you go get into a company. You put your head down and you push and you work for seniority and you work for your retirement and you buy a house and you get two cars and you have 2.3 kids. However, that 0.3 works. And you push. And when you retire, what? You can go see the world. Right? The first hit in that philosophy in my brain, and I'm going to ask permission to speak for my generation. The first hit in that philosophy happened on that day because not only were there new words in our lexicon, but we also saw people fall to the bottom of balance sheets, lose their careers, lose their retirement. Houses went underwater. It's okay. It's once in a generation. Don't worry. Onward we marched. Seven years later, a stern bear collapsed on Wall Street, or a bear stern, or something happened on Wall Street. We had no clue. <laughs> By the time they finished mopping that up, it was 10 times the effect. Entire careers gone. Entire investment accounts gone. Entire retirements gone. Houses underwater. Can we pay for those two cars? How are we going to take care of our 2.3 kids? See, Generation X was already through the door. The millennials stepped back and said, wait a minute. I hit a mum. <laughs> the millennials said, I need something you can't take away from me. I'm coping with things that a generation before me didn't have to cope with. I have anxiety at a level that doesn't seem to match any test of any other generation. I have... FOMO to travel, the rise of social media. I'm seeing all of these pictures all over the world and wherever somebody's getting a selfie, I have to go get a selfie there too. But we needed to cope with what our generation had gone through. And so we began to travel at a higher pace, a faster pace than any generation in history. Four to five trips a year for 18 to 30 year olds had never happened in history. And they said, well, they don't really have any money to travel. Well, how much money did you have from 18 to 30? It gave birth to the whole shared economy. You see, we were collecting nails too. And our nails were a little quirky. We would sleep on an air mattress in somebody's upstairs third bedroom, giving birth to Airbnb. One in 12 millennials has left a job to not cancel their trip. Think about that for a minute. But see, our industry was predominantly built on family travel and retiree travel. That quick trip to the shore every year, Tom Bodette would leave the light on for you. And he did for my family. And then you retired and you got to go see the world. Those were the two buckets. And so what they had predominantly created were kind of a tourist trap economy in the tourism industry. The family travel destinations, the retiree travel destinations. All of a sudden, every single member of the world is wanting to travel two, three, four, five times a year. 
But they don't want to just go to the tourism trap. They want to go off the beaten path. They want to go in the woods. They want to go where the locals are. Show me where the locals eat. Show me where the locals get a beer. Okay? And then they up-leveled. Now the Xers started behaving that way. Gen Z never knew this wasn't a thing. And everybody starts traveling now, taking their time and their resources now to go see the world. And we entered an economy that was now being built in many destinations on the visitor economy. Because there's this quirky thing about how millennials traveled. We went for certain assets, certain amenities. You have espresso drinks? We're there. You have guac? We know it's extra. We're there. You have yoga? We're there. They got hot yoga now. Every time I've tried yoga, it becomes hot yoga in about two minutes. And the class is sitting there like, somebody smell bacon cooking? And I'm like, sorry, That's, I'm sweating. Um, the amenities that people loved when they traveled were being born in communities. And suddenly when the millennials decided to settle down, where do you think they settled down? where they loved to visit. Enter my thesis. If your community is not a place that young people want to visit, it's not a place young people want to live. Now flip it around. Amen. Yeah. Can I get an amen? Let's flip that around. If your destination is a place young people love to visit. It will be a place that young people love to live. So this is the story that we started to tell is you can use the visitor. I gotta find slides, I got slides. Let me see, what am I doing here? You can use the visitor to build the amenities that people love to live around. That's what we call quality of place. That leads to quality of life. Quality of life is a good thing. Because more and more, people are choosing where they want to live before where they want to work as a part of this generational shift. And I'll talk about some of what the pandemic did next. But this is what the tourism industry brings. Pride of place, employment, youth employment, quality of life, beautification. So if this is what we do, then who is our customer? If you ask... 20 years ago, most destination marketing organizations, who's your customer? Oh, let me give you the DMAs. 2.5 hours from here, people with this level of disposable income, they're profiling a visitor. You ask most destination marketing organizations today, you ask Amanda, who's your customer? You are my customer. Because the product of my work does this, and that's all for you. The resident is the customer of what we do in the visitor economy. And so we've had to start working to build more alignment with the resident's understanding because this is who we used to be, the Leslie Nope of tourism. Visitors are coming. It's only the best day of the year. And the residents go, nope. So we said, oh, well, I'll get on my calculator. We save you $678 a year on your taxes. And our residents said, don't care. I'll just pay it. I don't want visitors in my town. And here came this generational clash. Where are you going this weekend? Oh, 
We're going where the locals go. Oh, man, I just came back from the bar, and there was tourists in the bar. <laughs> Trouble brewing. What you're doing as a travel habit is not what you're welcoming in your own town. Trouble brewing. So this is what we had to do. We have to start the conversation of this is necessary. This is necessary that we bring visitors in because they are going to fund the amenities that young people want to live around. The last consulting project I did for a county, I showed them their youth retention. <whistles> Trouble brewing. If they all leave for college and don't come back, what do you think happens in 15 years? If you don't have a destination the young people want to visit, you don't have a destination young people want to live in. So we also had to listen to the residents. We also had to listen to the residents and realize that they had legitimate pain points that we needed to manage. And that was kind of the birth of thinking of ourselves in our proper role of being in the business of working for the residents. So we have to listen to our customer. We have to listen to them. Go back to Detroit, 1890. They had a very unique opportunity and challenge. Unique opportunity, Detroit was per perfectly positioned for iron ore all the train lines and mines and stuff. I don't understand it, but they were perfectly positioned for metal. They were not perfectly positioned for investors. And they had a problem where there was burgeoning automobile industry, but they didn't have investors. A board got together and said, what happens if we decided to host conventions here and brought really good rates for conventions and lots of entertainment. So all of these big wigs from the East coast would come here, host their conventions and we could wine them and dine them. And then there's just investors in our town all day. They said, great. They opened the first destination marketing organization in Detroit, 1890 visitors equal investors. Do you think it worked? It worked. So is what we do just a travel guide and a website? Is what we do just a niche way to grow sales tax and bed tax? Maybe 20, 30 years ago. But now we're managing a visitor economy and we had to learn how to tell our story better. We had to tell our story of the visitor economy being the lead economy in many ways because it was how workforce was going to choose where they lived and what they did. So you know what we came up with? We said, I know. Huh. We're not understood. We'll tell people we're in economic development. Now they'll understand. <laughs> then the economic developers came up to us and said, what? When was the last time you worked with site selectors? When was the last time you wrote a pilot agreement? When was the last time you were with Camoyne Associates? I was like, Camoyne, I think I ordered a Camoyne Associates at dinner last night. I'll have the Camoyne Associates medium rare. We had no idea what the economic developers were really doing. What we were trying to talk about was how we were playing a second lane of economic development. You see, the primary lane of economic development, I don't have to tell you, but I'm about to. The primary lane of economic development is work, live, play. We see it on the posters. We see it all over the place. But that is actually the strategy. If you bring work, you will bring live. If you bring the company, you will then bring the people to live. And those people who are living will start to create downtowns and restaurants and parks and bike trails and hiking trails and non-for-profits and theaters. If you bring work, it will bring live. That will foment play. Great strategy. 
We're saying there's a second lane of economic development, which is the play, live, work strategy. Very important strategy right now. And that is by having a destination that is welcoming visitors, you are bringing investors in and they're looking around. Somebody gets to the top of the roller coaster at Legoland, as I did like a month ago. And you look at that view and you go, holy crap. You can see for miles. I wonder what it costs to live around here. Maybe I could work from home here where there's clean air and clean water and spaced out living. So this becomes the visit, live, work strategy. That's how powerful inviting visitors is into a community. Tupper Lake, has anybody been to the Wild Center? We've got to have a couple of people have been to the Wild Center. They built, they hate it when I say this, they built a deck. And they're like, it's, it's, a, it's a big deck, Joe. Yeah, it's a deck. They built the wild walk where you go from the floor all the way to above the forest and you see the trees and the birds and all the animals in between. They had an economic development. They have a human-sized spider web and a human-sized eagle's nest. They did an economic impact study in 2012 while they were building it, $14 million regional economic impact. Five years after, about three years after Wild Walk was fully online, $27 million regional impact. They went from 75,000 visitors a year to 75,000 visitors in July. What do you think that did for the local economy? And I talked to a gentleman who lives in Tupper Lake. He said it's been unreal. We're starting to have college kids come home to run the family restaurants. In Tupper Lake, it's, a, it's, a, it's far out. I went through the pandemic like most people went through the pandemic. You know, laying on a couch crying, drinking gin. Um, um, it was actually vodka, but I wanted to sound classy. Um, we were working our butts off during the pandemic because for the first time, somebody who invites outsiders can't invite outsiders anymore. We come out of the pandemic, the first event I do in 18 months. We go to these big events and we set up big booths about New York and we talk about New York State and we're at the Philly Flower Show and a person comes up to the booth and says, have you heard what happened in Goshen, New York? It's so sad. And I was like, what happened in Goshen, New York? Like I'm an empath already, but I've been drinking gin for 18 months. <laughs> What happened in Goshen, New York? And she says, oh, it's so sad. What happened in Goshen, New York? They built a Legoland. And I like, it's the moments I turn into Liam Neeson. I'm like, I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> and I probably went a little hard. I said, you don't understand what's sad. See, what's sad, and I can put you on a bus and take you to a hundred towns that were beautiful, quiet, historic towns. I love it. Don't change it forever. But that's not possible to not change it forever. Because the people who bought their homes in the 60s and 70s for $9, <laughs> not a square foot, $9, their houses are worth five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars now. And as soon as your house is paid off, you go, huh? Snow, where'd that come from? It's been here the whole time you're paying your mortgage. And they're like, we gotta leave snow. So they wanna sell their house. If there's no one to buy those houses, it's okay. Somebody will come in, cut that historic house into five apartments and I have no problem with somebody who lives in an apartment 
in a historic home, but they don't show up on Main Street usually. They're not in that economic tier yet. So Main Street starts to fade. The restaurants start to fade. Civic volunteers start to fade. Non-for-profits start to fade. Lemoncello's like, we have hot wings now. They would do well at that. And then you know what I say? I find that lady in 15 years and say, have you heard what happened in Goshen? It's so sad. Because I'm raising kids. And when I attended that meeting for Legoland, one of the things I said is, where's my daughter going to work? She wants to run Legoland. Right? I don't know if Stephanie's here yet, but you, I mean this with all due respect, you have 20 years. That's it. I am a father to the most terrifying six-year-old you have ever met in your life. She doesn't ask for anything. She t Last night, she came into the kitchen and said, you're opening my Barbie. I'm opening your Barbie. And I handed it back to her. Keep her, keep her at peace because she knows where I sleep. She's going to run Legoland and then I think the country. Where is my daughter going to work? Where's my son going to work? Maybe my son is going to drive the propane truck that delivers propane to all the new restaurants. Maybe one of them will be a contractor. If you're a contractor standing on top of a short-term rental, if you're replacing an Airbnb's roof, congratulations, you're working in the visitor economy that day. Because that construction, that propane, the extra reps at Cisco are working in the visitor economy because of what Legoland did. Well, doesn't Legoland just have a lot of front-end jobs? Oh, I'm not going to apologize for training America's workforce. Where did you start? Oh, at a front-end job. Yeah, people who start in the travel and tourism industry, this is a U.S. travel statistic, if you start in the travel and tourism industry, you will make 25% more over the arc of your career simply because of starting in this industry. Because we're teaching those people all the soft skills. Legoland is training your workforce, plus lots of executive positions. But the ripple effect. I don't know this, but I bet, I bet there's a recruitment packet for the hospital that says, come work near where Legoland is. Right? They are choosing where they want to live before they want to choose where they work. And this is a place that's doing really well. Let me tell you the story of the numbers. I don't like to start with the numbers. 2009, New York State is investing zero in tourism coming off of the Great Recession. Zero. This is what our numbers are. No, this is not what our numbers look like. $60 billion economic impact. Six, zero. They said, we'll put some money in. We'll put five million in. They went up. Another five million. They went up. Another five million. They went up. Cuomo finally says at a lectern at an event I'm at, Every time we invest in tourism, you give it back to me a hundredfold. We want to see where this train ends. And they just kept investing and investing and investing. By 2019, which is the numbers you're looking at, we had a $117 billion impact. We went from the sixth to the fifth to the fourth to the third largest industry in New York State. I actually argue with the multiplier a little. I think we're the second. I think north of the George Washington Bridge, we might be the first in full impact. Because what happens if it goes away? Most towns have nothing if it goes away. They don't think they have nothing. But when it goes away, residents go away. 
So now we're generating enough sales tax. So we went from 60, by the end of this investment strategy, they were spending 60 million for a $60 billion increase. I don't have enough fingers, but it's, it's either a hundred times or a thousand. Dr. Young's like, geez, why does he have to be one of ours? <laughs> I think it's a thousand time return on investment. When we had to go before Pataki's group, they found a seven to one return. I've seen four to one. I've seen 37 to one. This was a thousand to one. Every time you invest more in tourism, in the visitor economy, you get a multiple of that back. The taxes generated in that growth are enough to pay every police officer and firefighter in the entire state. Now I want to say a word on the Orange County Executive and the Orange County Legislature. You got really quiet. Wow. Steve Newhouse is rare. He understands the visitor economy. Do you understand how rare that is? Do you understand how rare it is to have a county thank you to the Orange County Legislature? Because I'm looking at this from the outside now that is increasing its investment in tourism in a place tourism is working? Do you know what they normally do when tourism's working? Decrease the investment. Why would you stop that train? He understands tourism. The Orange County Legislature understands tourism and I'm working in all the counties where the funding is going the other way. It's extraordinary what's happening here. I also, I also used to watch Steve's um, COVID updates. I hope I don't get anyone fired, but every once in a while, the COVID updates would be slightly out of focus, just slightly out of focus. There is nothing to make you think you have COVID than watching the numbers and you're going, am I Steve? I'm losing you. Leadership. Right now, leadership looks like increasing the investment. And it's rare where it's happening. Give these two organizations and Steve Newhouse a round of applause, please. I'm like way over my time. I'll land this plane. This is who is going to use the quality of life, the quality of place to market themselves. People can now work from home. This is what happened post-pandemic. Post-pandemic, people now, I think it's close to 30% of Fortune 500's workforce can work from anywhere. Where do they want to work from? Espresso, guac, and hot yoga. Right? They want to work in the places that are enjoyable to live. Quality of place. Young people. It's an accurate representation of young people right now. Where do they want to live? quality of place. Longwoods International, which is our international uh, research organization, did a foundational study, and they've done it every year since, but they did it with Pure Michigan. And they found that when Pure Michigan was running ads about tourism, it made Michigan look better for college students, retirees, business owners, companies. They call it the HALO study. They took a group of 7,000 people who had never been to certain communities and showed them tourism commercials and asked them before and after what their propensity to move there, start a business, go to college, retire. 
Every one of them who saw the tourism commercial rated all of those other things higher, even though they had no idea about them. They just felt better about the tourism ads because now everyone is branding everywhere right now. Everywhere has become a brand. Virginia is for what happens in Vegas. Ah, they changed that one. It actually ends up on Facebook now. <laughs> Be careful. This is what your destination marketing and management organization is tasked with day to day. Step number one, the brand. You have to be known and you have to be projecting something that is unique and authentic and a voice of differentiation to call people in. People, there's seven buckets in the tourism industry. When people ask me, hey, Erie County has 37 people in their tourism department. What are they doing? Let me tell you what they're doing. In that list, the third one says sell the destination. There is seven buckets of visitation. One is consumer. One. People who travel internationally are in an 18-month pipeline, and 75% of them still book product through a distributor of product. So you have to have somebody domestically packaging product, going over to trade shows, pitching that product, getting it sold 36 months ahead of that 18-month cycle. But let me tell you about sports. This is how... Amanda, again, is even ahead of the curve because now they're heading to one of these sports conventions. Several times a year in Vegas or Orlando or Atlantic City, they'll have a convention and thousands of rights holders come. And they have events. And about a thousand destinations come and you get six-minute meetings. It's speed dating. You get six-minute meetings and you meet with 30, 40, 50, 60 right holders. And you sit down and you say, we have fields. And they're like, oh, we have, we have an event that needs fields. Tough mutters don't just happen. NCAA tournaments don't just happen. Tourism and the, the, the tourism departments are selling events, sometimes 36 months out. That rights holder, you have to go to these conferences, you have to wine and dine them. Conference you know, might cost ten dollars to $15,000 to do this type of activation. Then a rights holder comes for one weekend, brings an event with 2,000 athletes, 4,000 people in total, fills all the rooms in a shoulder season. They're usually March, April, October, November. They fill the rooms, they eat at the restaurants. That is probably a $2 million economic impact. You can do the sales tax calculation on a $10,000 investment. Again, I can't do the math on my fingers, but it's big. It's big. So it's not just about heads and beds. We steward the whole destination. We bring people into the whole destination. Maura Gast from Destinations International said, if you build a place that people want to visit, you're building a place where people have to live. And if you build a place where people have to live, now you're building a place where business has to be. And if you build a place where business has to be, you're building a place where people want to visit. So it comes down to, and this is where I land the plane, it comes down to the brand. We have to be known. We have to be unique. We have to be recognizable. And that takes investment. And you saw, you saw Amanda's video. I want to show you a video of a project we did in Western New York because it's easier to see a brand anthem from a destination you're not familiar of to see how it moves you. This was Allegheny County. Allegheny County came to me and said, we need some tourism help. I said, yes, you do. And they said, but the only thing is you can't change the name. It has to be Allegheny County. I said, 
put me in front of the legislature. They said, okay. So I go in front of the legislature and they said, there's a really famous park in Western New York called Allegheny State Park, largest one in Western New York, not in your county. Allegheny River, not in your county. Allegheny Mountains, not in your county. Town of Allegheny, not in your county. There's six Allegheny counties. They're all spelled differently. Allegheny.com is an investment firm. And they said, crap. <laughs> so we want it to be recognizable. We want it to be rememberable. So we rebranded them. And you let me know what you think about how we, um, how we did doing that. Amazing, isn't it? The Western, thank you, the Western New York Wilds, sometimes, sometimes, give your tourism office the permission to don't always use the county name. We all know it. We all love it. But sometimes we build consumer-first campaigns. So you have a county executive who gets this. You have a legislature that gets this. So what I would say to you in that spirit of Dr. David Rule 20 years ago, who gave us all our 4.0s, you have a visitor economy working. Don't lose it. I've been Josiah Brown. Thank you very much.